0: We are in Helaman chapter 14 and Samuel is continuing his preaching and if you remember in chapter 13 he says in two verses that he preaches he's teaching them the things the Lord has put in his heart and I find it interesting in chapter 13 when he says that these four times in the space of two verses that it isn't what the Lord has put in his mouth or what the Lord has put in his mind. He says four times what the Lord hath put in my heart. And I would have a discussion why he says that. Why does it say heart and not mind and not mouth? What is the significance that it, the Lord has put it in his heart? And what does that mean? And um, I think you can come up with some awesome things and don't need my insight on that. I have some, but I think you guys can have a really great discussion on that that is not an accident that it says it that way okay and two so all last chapter was all about repentance and if we go through the missionary pattern and the pattern that we see in the scriptures that elma and amulek use and that we see again and again the very first thing that we teach people is that they are a child of god and the second thing is that they that um, he has a son, Jesus Christ, who will atone for us. At this point, it's will atone for them. And for us, it has atoned for us. And that we need to repent. So all last chapter is repentance. They don't need to know they're children of God because these are these are Nephites who have been taught that. And so they know that. This is not a new and novel truth. I mean, they need to remember that. But they need to really focus on this repentance thing. You've gone away from him because they really don't think they're doing anything wrong. And then this chapter 14 really centers around, again, that testimony of Jesus Christ. And Samuel prophesies some pretty incredible things to them. So first off, he tells them in five years in chapter 2 that Christ is coming and he will redeem, which means to bring back All who believe in his name. And that means bring back to God's presence. That's amazing. In verse 13, he gives them a sign. And he tells them there will be no darkness. And that um, the light's in heaven. And so much the night before he comes that they will know it's a night, a day, and a night, but it will not be dark. And that's because Christ is the light of the world. And that's why he's called the light of the world. And that's the spiritual um significance of that happening is to represent he is the light and the light has come. And even when the sun goes down, the light is here because the Savior has been born. And I love the significance of that. Okay, and then... um. <laughs> when he talks about that he says in verse 5 and there shall be a new star arise such as one as you have never beheld and we were talking about this as seminary teachers and one of the seminary teachers said um do you realize how long it takes for light to reach the earth light years how much time that takes for it to travel to the earth so the very fact That this light that appeared, for the light to come to the earth, that means that star had to be put in place four and a half years, or that new star, four and a half years before his birth. Roughly four and a half years. So as Samuel is prophesying this, this is now coming about. This new star is happening. But that light won't reach them until the birth of of jesus christ which is in another five years and i just think that is an amazing thing and i love people who think like that and can do the math like that that was just really cool to me as he talked about that that god in heaven as nephi prays and says we're going to die tomorrow there they've got this all planned to kill the believers and the savior says this night come i into the world that means that star as samuel sitting here talking is about to happen But they won't receive that light for another four and a half years. And he just said, it is incredible. The miracles that God works for our good. The things he puts in motion. And there is no doubt we have a God who is in charge. And I just really, really loved that. Okay, in verse 7 it says, And it shall come to pass, you shall be amazed and wonder, insomuch you shall fall to the earth. And the thing that I love about that is in the vision of Lehi, the tree of life, Lehi's vision, and Nephi getting the interpretation that last group where it says they fall to the tree. And so I love this because what that is is gratitude. You will fall to the earth, and that is the symbol of gratitude, just overwhelming gratitude. And if you think of Alma when he teaches Lamoni and they fall to the earth, and Alma because he's overwhelmed that God is using him to work this miracle, and the Lamanites because they're overwhelmed of the truth that they find out, the gratitude that there is a God and that he loves them and that they can repent. And so I love the symbolism in that, that you will fall to the earth, and that's what it made me think of. Okay, and then he goes on about you have to have faith. He makes all the difference in verse 8. If you believe on him, you will have everlasting life. Okay, and then he goes back to repent and prepare. And then he says, you have been angry because I have spoken truth to you. You have desired to destroy me and cast me out from among you. And then he says in eleven, you shall hear my words, for for this tent have I... for this intent have I come upon the walls of this city. And it reminds me of Abinadi where he just says, do not touch me. I am not done. There is more for you to hear. Samuel's sitting there preaching. He does not care that they're throwing things, that they're angry, that they want to destroy him. He knows all of that and he calls them on and it's so much like Abinadi. I am here because God has things he wants me to tell and I am not done. So I'm gonna continue to tell those things. And I just love that they have no fear of man. They are totally on the Lord's errand, and that is their only concern, and I so want to get to a place where that is how I am, and that's just an amazing thing that that's where these men are. I think that's a lifetime of effort in pairing with the Lord and really training yourself to not care what other people think, but to be singular in your focus when you wake up. What would you have me do today, Heavenly Father? And I just think that's amazing. Okay, in 12, that you might know of the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth. He is the creator, the creator of all things, that you might know the signs of his coming to the intent that you might believe. So the reason he is declaring all of this is for them to have their faith strengthened to believe. Because if they believe and have faith... Then they can repent, then they can have a remission of their sins, and then they can be redeemed. It is all to give them this increased faith and bring them back because that is God's plan. He wants us all. Okay, in 14, I give you another sign. So he's going to give them more signs, the sign of his death. And then you know the signs of his death that it'll go down to verse 20 because he talks about um, you will have the opportunity to stand before God and um, those who refuse to repent will be cut off and die again, but you will die spiritually and that will be permanent if you refuse his gift. And um, so he just is really begging them, please just repent. And here are the things that you will see. Here are the witnesses that he's coming. It's only going to be in five years. And then in 20, here's the sign. So he says he's going to tell him a sign in 14 and here's the sign in 20. Um, another sign, a sign of his death, in that day he shall suffer the d- suffer death, the sun shall be darkened and refuse to give his light. And that's the one I told you guys before. I love that because it is a choice. And here it is, this this thing in the sky that the Lord created for us to give us light who refuses because his creator, who is the light of the world, has been killed, has been, um, Murdered and has atoned. And although that is (laughs) what is supposed to happen, I love that the sun refuses and it says the moon and the stars, and there will be no light because the Savior is gone and He is our light. So I love the two signs that at His birth, He is there is so much light that even the sun goes down and it's light. And at His death, there is so much darkness. And then it goes on and tells it's three days. And the three days, remember, means complete or finished, it is done. And then it talks about the thunderings, the lightnings, the earthquakes, and the tempest. And the, and all of that is to, again, at his death, to have those people who survive, um, that they will know and witness that the whole earth, the creator of the earth, has been killed and the whole earth is grieving. And suffering because their creator has been killed. And it's all to bring us to a faith and a witness that he is the son of God and our king. And I love that. And then he says that graves will open 25. And you'll remember that that wasn't originally here. But Nephi, when the Savior comes, is told, you forgot to write that down. Didn't Samuel prophesy this? And so it's here. It wasn't here originally. It is here now. Um, That the graves are opened and many... And many dead will appear to many. I love that. And then it tells us in 26 that an angel told him all of these things. And then again, all of this in 28, this is really key. And the angel said to me that many shall see greater things than these. Okay, cooler things than even that we have to the intent that they might believe all so that we turn and believe and have faith. These signs and these wonders come to pass upon the face of the the land to the intent that there should be no cause for unbelief. And that's why at the judgment, those who are cut off are cut off because there is no way that you can stand and say you did not know. The very earth will testify the truth of these things. And then in 29, and this is the intent that whosoever will believe will be saved. And I just love that. And so come down to verse 30 and now remember. And I love that word remember because it's something they knew before. This is not new to them. Remember, my brethren, they knew it before they ever came. They knew it once when they were members of the church that whosoever perisheth, perisheth to himself. And whosoever doeth iniquity doeth it to himself. For behold, you are free. You are permitted to act for yourselves for behold God hath given unto you a knowledge and he hath made you free. And then it goes on and just says that it's your choice. He hath given you that you might know good from evil. He hath given you that you might choose life or death. You can do good and be restored to that which is good and have that which is good restored to you or you can do evil and have that which is evil restored to you. And I just love um, that this chapter really centers on a testimony of Christ. And it really makes me emotional. It makes me emotional because I feel like our day, we have been told again and again, so parallels this time. And I feel like all that is happening is such a witness that this great Son of God, the ruler and creator of us all, is preparing to come. And man, we should glory in that. And I just love that That witness to me and reminder to me that all of this is to get people to turn to him and remember, and not, it is new to them, it's not. Remember what you knew before we ever came, and all of this is to remind them and stir their hearts to turn to him because God wants us all, and I love that. I hope you know the church is true, and more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.